somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And, well, the plot thickens. Um, on social media, there is new information that is suggesting that, and again, I I, I almost, oh, I just want to caveat it and say that, you know, this is what's floating around and trending on Twitter um, but Ray Epps, you know, Ray Epps, I think Ray Epps is at the center of this whole thing, this whole Tucker Carlson firing. And there's a lot of little plots and pieces, but the coup de grace of them all is that Ray Epps is a pedophile. Now, that's what they're, that's what they're saying online. The person that's saying that is Ray Epps's daughter. Tiffany Jones? So Ray Epps' daughter, Tiffany Jones, is the one saying this, uh, also known as Tiffany Epps. So it says here, is Ray Epps a pedophile and is this how the feds are able to control him? And it says, editor's note, because, you know, Ray Epps is suing everybody including Tucker Carlson, uh, who he says on 60 Minutes on Sunday night that uh, Tucker Carlson ruined his life. This guy, by far, is a joker, okay? No matter how you slice it, this guy is a total joker. A joker card. How in the world does this guy escape the FBI when we have footage of him rallying up all kinds of things on J6. And why is it that the globalists are so upset about J6 and the election fraud? And I'll tell you why, because that's what's happening. We have systematic election fraud. That's what we have. This is the third rail, man. It's game over for the Democrats. They will never, ever rise to power again 
once we get to the bottom of this election fraud. And I actually believe that Kerry Lake has the keys. People aren't talking about this stuff. This signature verification case out in Arizona is the case that could go to the Supreme Court and end mail-in balloting and ballot harvesting as we know it. And shine further scrutiny on the Dominion and Smartmatic voting machines. About eight years ago, I was talking about George Soros and his investments in Smartmatic and another voting outlet. And he was in that industry as the biggest player financier where he bought up these voting machines and he did it, and they were in all kinds of different countries and all kinds of different counties and states. It turns out that the Smartmatic now is an older technology, but Dominion actually then came up with a new technology using pretty much the patents and blueprints owned by George Soros. So George Soros was getting royalties off of, off of Dominion. He was, he, it's his tech, it's the, it's not the technology he invented, but it's the technology and the patents that he bought about 10, 12, 15 years ago. And he started practicing on this stuff in, in countries like Venezuela. And look at them now. We're going to be the next Venezuela. This is a guy that actually bought up currency in the United Kingdom and practically collapsed the entire country's currency. And he, some people say, even though he's been banned from Britain, he's a British operative. We do know that he was a child during the Holocaust, and he played himself, and this is by his own tongue, his own words, George Soros said that he was uh, protected by a Christian. And then what he did was he... Uh, camouflaged his personality or, or his identity and actually raided the houses of of Jews and took their property. And he, he escaped, you know, simply by being, uh, a, you know, a false, uh, creating a false impression. And he had no, re- the, the sad part is he had no regrets, no remorse, But um, in any case, Tiffany Epps, the adopted daughter of Ray Epps, claims he began sexually molesting her when she was 14 years old. She claims he was abusive in other ways as well. The details she paints of the January 6th provocateurs life include strange incidents such as the time when Sergeant James Ray Epps was arrested in Mexico. So... There's a lot more to this uh, this guy. Here's the Twitter spaces that had several asking questions, including Lucra and Walkaway Movement founder Brandon Straka. Tiffany Epps comes on around the 25-minute mark. And uh, let's see. I, you know, I didn't even see this. Let's see if I can even do this. Well... There's no way to fast. Let's see if there's a way to fast forward. Right here. Let's see. 
Uh, this is kind of amateur hour stuff. But uh, in any case, I'll, I'll cue that up. And if I find a good clip on that, I'll, I'll play it for you. I, I didn't even know that that was an audio clip, uh, of it, that there was an audio clip available. Um, but I will say this. So her name also is Tiffany Jones. But here's where I think it gets interesting. Um, and this is where it's unrefutable. Like that part sounds almost over the top, right? It sounds gigantic. But but I also believe that this this was happening. So Tucker, um, Jennifer Ralshett was the ex- executive producer. Jennifer Ralshett at Fox News uh, basically said to Tucker Carlson, you cannot run that story on Ray Epps. And that's in line with what Bill uh, O'Reilly was saying. Bill O'Reilly said that the Tucker team was hard at work. They were working on today's show, you know, the day that the, the, the Monday night show. And what happened was they were told you're fired. That's what we heard. But that doesn't make a lot of sense because corporations like FNC Fox, they do not do it that willy nilly. They're not that, you know, they wouldn't do that to Tucker Carlson, knowing what kind of what's at stake, what kind of ripple effect that would have around the world. So I don't believe that that, that was the case. It didn't make sense. But I think what Bill O'Reilly said, if you listen to what he was saying when we played that clip yesterday, he was saying that he has sources like Jesse Waters. He got sources that said this was a surprise. There's no doubt about it that this came as a total surprise. So they were working on the show on Monday. Now, the only thing that I think could happen is something unexpected happened. I think what what happened that was unexpected was that Jennifer Ralshett, the executive producer, told him he couldn't run the segment, so he quit. Jennifer Ralshett is publicly known as the wife of Pete Hegseth. But she is also an executive producer for Fox News. Fox News is anti-MAGA. So Tucker was planning a segment to destroy the 60 Minutes episode. Basically to counter what the 60 Minutes episode with Ray Epps, which was sugarcoating and protecting Ray Epps. And so Tucker was going to come out and play a whole bunch of 60 Minutes clips and basically throw Ray Epps under the bus and I think that what happened was Jennifer Ronchette was probably told by higher up execs, if you if 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 Tucker does that, we're gonna be open to another lawsuit. If we thought that the seven hundred and something billion million dollars was bad from Dominion, that settlement, we can't afford to have back to back seven hundred million dollar settlements, right? I don't know where, you know, but if Ray Epps, though, is a pedophile and if Ray Epps is a FBI infiltrationist and 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 a paid actor, you know, by the FBI, then why can't we know this stuff? And of course, we know we also know that the the uh, the lightning rod that did Tucker in was, in fact, uh, because of the J6 video, uh, video footage and tapes that he released. 
that McCar- Kevin McCarthy released to Tucker, and Tucker released it to the world. And Chuck Schumer came out and said, "We got to ban, we got to ban Tucker, right? We have to ban Tucker. We can't allow this to happen. We can't allow the truth to seep out. This will bring down the whole house of cards." And Tucker said, clearly he said this. He said, there was a lot of footage we weren't allowed to run and that we were told, no, we can't run it. There was a lot of footage. He said there was a lot of audio and a lot of things he could have run. And that uh, it was just a problem. You know, he was told there's stuff he couldn't do. I I saw this in an interview where he said this. He said, there was a ton of stuff we can't run. And eventually this is going to get out uh, because it's out there. It's just people have to be courageous enough to run some of this stuff. We know that the J6 event, you know, we still don't know anything about the the pipe bombers on January 5th. We know that J6 was a rally to protest election fraud. We know that election fraud has been brought about by open borders. Open borders, where they even have an app for that now called CBP1, which is basically registering illegals. And they're even trying to advance laws in the most liberal of districts to basically say, why can't illegals vote? And in some cases, like in D.C. and in New York, um, they're allowing illegals to vote. Maybe not on federal elections yet, but on local elections. And nobody in Congress is voting on any of this. It's just happening. And these people are getting being allowed to vote, but you know that the left wants these people to vote. That's why they're importing them. They're importing them because corporations, big corporations, want that slave labor. And there's story after story after story of these slaves. There's going to be committee hearings all this week and next week. Um, not just about education and COVID. Uh, Warren Gard- Weingartner is going to be on the stand today. But other than that, it's going to be, they're talking about all these incidents where these kids are being found in places working in sweatshops. It's exactly what I've been saying for years. I'm, I'm one of the only people that's tying it together. I'm one of the only people you're going to hear over and over, day after day, day after day, say that open borders and climate are both mechanisms or policies or agendas or basically it's a ruse to advance slave labor. Climate is a way to advance slave labor in China and India and developing so-called developing nations to where the New World Order is going to be where G7 is the client and BRICS is the supplier. The BRICS nations are going to work in sweatshops and they're going to be all full of sweatshops and manufacturing because they have the billions of pop- the people and population that need to work and they could, they're willing to work for $20 a day rather than $20 an hour. So that in order to make it illegal for 
the West to compete with the East in a sense, or for G7 to compete with BRICS, they come up with climate change and they de- they deregulate BRICS for for carbon emissions and they regulate to the hilt G7 so that you're relegated. It's almost like grooming where uh, G7 is going to produce nothing and buy everything because we're going to be paper pushers, fully automated or sitting at home and basically not working at all and just consuming. What's the purpose in life without work? But that's what they're doing. They're sort of doing that. And so there's a lot of this going on, this whole new world order that we have no say in. It's like a world that we're living in, but only people like John Kerry actually get a final say in the whole thing. Flying around in their private jets, eating their steaks, walking on their red carpets. And they're going to dictate to us that we need to eat bugs and we need to just be happy and own nothing, like Klaus Schwab said. So, you know, when I posted this yesterday, though, getting back to the Tucker thing, it's not so much that Pete, Pete Hegseth isn't a hypocrite just because he's married to Jennifer Rochette, who basically told Tucker Carlson that he couldn't run the story. I think that Jennifer Rochette had to do it because she was told to do it. As a producer, she was told, you can't run that story. We're, 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 everybody wants to sue us and we can't afford another lawsuit. I think Ray Epps is going to sue them anyway. So and then and then the other part is why is FNC selling out? Why are they settling? Certainly they could take Dominion to to uh, court and possibly win, and they can't do any worse than what they've done with that settlement. So why even why, why not just contest it all the way to court? I don't know why they'd settle. I mean, what what is Dominion actually worth? Are they really worth a billion dollars? Can they really produce that much in damages? And if so, why is Dominion worth a billion dollars anyway? I mean, think about that for a second. Why are they worth so much? They got a couple of two-bit rigged election machines. To me, that's not a huge property on the markets. Why are they worth so much? Because they're changing the world. That's why these stupid machines are changing the world. And we have to put a stop to it. So J6, of course, was all about a rally to protest election fraud. And I think we get some noise coming in the background. But in any case, we, we, um, we have to put an end to that. And so they didn't want us to speak up. They didn't want Tucker to speak up. They didn't want Bongino to speak up. They didn't, and they, they probably don't want Maria Bartiromo on who on Sunday Morning Futures hits it out of the park every every Sunday. And some people say she's going to be next. And you you get the you get this feeling that it's it's going in that direction, right? That that they're cleaning house with all the anti-globalists. You know, the like the people that sort of mimic what we're doing on our show. Um, the Scott Adams show is all about anti-globalism. I mean, it's because I feel it, I sleep it, I, I stay up at nights thinking about it. You know, I can't stand globalism. I, I think it's horrible. I think the G7 globalists are wor- are worse than Hitler. 
I think that they're worse than Putin. I think they're worse than Chairman Xi, Xi Jinping. I actually think that they're worse than Kim Jong-un. I think that people like Trudeau, the snakes, the vile humans like Joe Biden and his Biden crime family, are worse, the worst, because they are relentless They control your media. They control your speech. They control your energy. They control your food. They uh, overthrow governments. They use all these tactics and they, they lie about everything. What's going on in Sudan is is all about, it's an extension of the Ukraine crisis. Ukraine and the Metabiota lab in Ukraine that uh, Toria Newland was talking about and it was basically a threat to Russia and we're supposed to expect that Russia's going to just not do anything when Ukraine was being built up to be a, a threat to Russia Russia said you know we're going to go ahead into Ukraine and make sure that they're no longer a threat to us and we're complaining about that like we had nothing to do with it then in the name of climate we blow up their Nord Stream 2 and put methane gas all over the world's oceans in the worst uh, environmental crisis, environmental catastrophe since the beginning of time because it makes the Exxon Valdez look like lightweight material. So, I mean, really, when you think about it, they're talking out of both sides that they're liars is what they are. They're liars. These globalists, these Klaus Schwab's, They're all owned and operated by corporate, BlackRock, Vanguard, and all the multinational corporations that fall underneath their umbrella, which Fox News, 15% of their ownership belongs to BlackRock. BlackRock and Klaus Schwab are sitting at the front of the table every year at Davos. They get their own little uh, chalets, in Davos, in Switzerland. And they hatch up these plans about climate and, and carbon emissions and, and ESG and DEI and um, and all of these things. Uh, central bank digital currencies was the one I was looking for. And they're scheming this because when they control all of this, and, and you know, you know that you just know they used FTX in their partnership with Ukraine National Bank to manage the donations that were digital currency. And you just know that when that money funneled out and paid off people like, uh, and financed the campaign elections for Justin Trudeau and Joe Biden and uh, Ruta over in Norway so that they could never lose another election, these stalwarts of the globalist movement are getting rich off of corporate donations. And this in lies the problem because people like Lindsey Graham and Mitt Romney sell out to these major corporations as well. And people like um, Ronna McDaniel, the head of the RNC, she's, the reason why they don't like Trump and the reason why they're supporting someone like DeSantis is because DeSantis is managed and advised by Paul Ryan. You didn't know that, maybe. I don't know. But DeSantis is being groomed, managed. And so I came up with this principle, and I said, look, 
whoever Mitt Romney and Paul Ryan support, I'm going to support the exact antithesis or the, the exact opposite of that candidate. Because I find that Mitt Romney and Paul Ryan are polar opposites of me. And that I think that they are enemies of the state. And so therefore, any candidate that they're going to groom, it doesn't matter how good of a person DeSantis is. What matters is whether DeSantis is owned and operated by the wrong people. Because in Washington, everybody can get themselves in a place where they're owned. Whether it's because someone's going to kill their children or arrest their children, lock them up for a made-up crime, or whether they really did take a bite at the forbidden fruit and slept with a uh, a hooker in a honey trap, or whatever it is. But people make mistakes, and all of these mistakes are designed for for that reason, to uh, coerce and, and control. You know, like Fang Fang, of course, you know, is to leverage Eric Swalwell. Who knows what information China has on Eric Swalwell? Probably a whole bunch of photos. I remember Godfather 2, where the politician was going to shake down Michael Corleone, and then Michael Corleone shook down the politician, got him hooked up in all kinds of problems, made, that, made, it, made him an offer he couldn't refuse. So in any case, no, um, I don't necessarily, I'm not making the argument that Pete Hegseth is a bad character, and I'm not even making the argument that Jennifer Rochette, his wife, who told Tucker not to run the Ray Epps story, is a bad character. They were doing what they were told to do. I think that the bad characters at Fox News are the Murdoch family and Paul Ryan. I, I believe in I'm sure that I don't know the whole picture, that there are more players involved. But I do know this, that Fox News is getting rid of all of their anti-globalist anchors. From Bongino to Tucker to um, probably Maria Bartiroma at some point. And, you know, let's... uh, um, uh, What was the guy's name? Um... Lou Dobbs. Remember Lou Dobbs? I forgot about him. Lou Dobbs was also on the Trump train, anti-globalist, right? Lou Dobbs was was gone a long time ago, remember? And then Bill O'Reilly was sort of on the Trump train, and he got canned. And Megyn Kelly was hitting all of, uh, you know, the right notes, you know, with uh, William Ayers' interview and some other really highlights that she had. And and even Glenn Beck, right, uh, was was sort of on that populist train, even though he was a never-Trumper for quite a while. When Trump needed Glenn Beck the most, Glenn Beck wasn't there. Whether Glenn Beck was stupid or not, I don't know. But there he was, hating Trump, right? But I don't know. So I don't have as much respect for Glenn Beck because, you know, you never know. what He's a loose cannon. Right? He's not consistent with being right. And and there for a long time, he was talking about financial Armageddon in the stock markets. And then come to find out, 
that all the ads he was running were for gold, and he was trying to get people out of the stock market to buy his gold product. And, <laughs> you know, and then I thought, oh, what a sellout. But he's not a bad guy. In any case, the the left is very happy about what's happening, but they're not going to be happy um, if we can expose Ray Epps. I said this on this tweet before we move away from Ray Epps and him being a pedophile. I said, plot twist. Ray Epps' daughter stated that her adopted father, James Ray Epps, is a pedophile. She also revealed that he frequently traveled to Mexico while living in Arizona and being pulled over and searched for fruits. Tiffany, and fruits was in quotes. Tiffany also confirmed that Ray has top-tier surveillance. My question is, why did spineless FNC settle with Dominion and run from a compromised looming Ray Epps lawsuit threat? Globalist cover-up. You know, they still need to get to the bottom of Epstein and expose that list. There's just too much. There's too, there's, there's a lack of transparency. And Fintel reports that BlackRock has filed a 13GA form with the SEC disclosing ownership of 45.74 million shares of Fox Corporation. That's BlackRock. Class A, Fox A. This represents a 15.1% share of the company. They own 15% of Fox News. And the Murdochs are huge globalists. I said Fox News Murdoch pulled the trigger on firing Tucker. Remember, Murdoch is a globalist. BlackRock ad dollars by... Now, now I think this is wrong. I wrote this uh, before I heard the story yesterday. And I believe that what, what happened was that Tucker quit. He wasn't going to be told what stories he can and cannot run. And I also have heard uh, yesterday, uh, after the show, uh, I heard that uh, that this, this was brewing, meaning that Tucker knew that he was going to be leaving. And I particularly liked the call that John, John from Chicago called in yesterday and talked about the concept of CNN. And I, I've been thinking about that, too. And I think that CNN could do themselves a solid. But the problem is, um, because the globalists control CNN, I think if they offered Tucker $50 million, uh, it still wouldn't be enough. Well, they, would lose, they would lose all their, ma- their major advertising. If anything, CNN might toy around with the idea simply to shake down the globalist advertisers to get to shut them up and get them to stop entertaining the idea. Like, act like you're going to hire Tucker. Then the globalists say, we'll pay you X amount to not hire Tucker. And then they'll just take the money and not hire Tucker. But there is one company that wants to hire Tucker. One America News founder says, he says he would pay Tucker Carlson, $25 million to join the network. More interesting would be CNN, is what I said on that. But uh, here, San Diego-based One America News CEO and founder Robert Herring Sr. has an offer for Tucker Carlson, $25 million to join the network. Uh, 
Maybe Fox News loss could be OANN's gain. Founder and CEO Rob Herring would like to extend an invitation to Carlson to meet for negotiation. The network tweeted on Monday, hours after we learned the, the, that Lachlan Murdoch had fired the number one cable news host from Fox News. So, you know, it very well could be a, a combination of the two. It could very well be that Tucker said, no, I'm going to run the story. And then he got fired because he wasn't going to relinquish. You know, he wasn't going to back down. He wasn't going to not run the story. So then they said, well, you can't run it. You're not going to go on air. And that, that's, I think that's what happened. I wasn't there, but, you know, that seems to be, uh, there's a lot of credibility. The sources I have behind the, he was running the way, Ray Epps story to uh, debunk 60 Minutes uh, coverage of Ray Epps was true. That's, I think that's unequivocally true. And I also know that it was sudden and unexpected, that when they got up that day, they didn't know this was going to go down. But for some reason, Fox News said, we are not going to open up another lawsuit and basically told him, you're not running that story. We, and Tucker also has in his contract that he could say and do anything he wants. You know, he has a, he has a no choke uh, clause in his contract. So that's why he's going to get paid for the next two years of uh, this contract. He's going to get his money. So... You know, now the thing is, is that I've also heard that Tucker Carlson may not be allowed to work while he's under contract with Fox News. So there there might be a wrinkle there, too. That might be a problem as well. So we'll see. But rest assured, um, there are some happy folks like Ocasio-Cortez. Let's listen to what she had to say. Tucker Carlson is out at Fox News. Couldn't have happened to a better guy. Um, what I will say, though, is while I'm very glad that the person that is arguably responsible for the some of the largest driving some of the most uh, amounts of death threats and violent threats, not just to my office, but to plenty of people across the country, um, I also kind of feel like I'm like waiting for the cutscene at the end of a Marvel movie after all the credits have rolled, and then you see like the villain's like hand reemerge out to grip grip over like the end of a building or something. But deplatforming works, and it is important. And um, there you go; good things can happen. Deplatforming censorship of the truth because she never questioned the truth. And I would love to ha see a debate between Tucker and Ocasio-Cortez because she wouldn't have. I mean, what what Ocasio-Cortez is saying there is she's saying that he was exposing our fraud and lies because nowhere I. Look, I, I research 10 hours a day every day, minimum, sometimes more. And I 
I'm a very uh, strong skeptic, meaning I, I do my research and due diligence, and there's just nothing. If I, I thought Tucker Carlson was wrong about something, um, I would uh, state it. I would say, well, I don't think he's right on this, but whatever. All I want is the truth. And I'm not under any major contracts or anything. No one's paying me to say anything. I'm speaking my truth, and I'm doing my work. So all I'm saying is, is that what she's saying is we are fraudsters and Tucker Carlson uh, is exposing the truth. And that's making life very difficult for us because the people hate what we're about. So we're getting death threats. You know, it's pretty sad when you have the Capitol building surrounded by fencing because the people that you're supposed to represent don't feel represented by you. Which, if you have leadership that is basically uh, not representing the people but are staying in office, then you have to look at that and say, well, the only way that could happen is election fraud must be occurring, right? That's what's going on here. The only way you get people in office that people don't want is through fraud. It's simple math, right? It, that's all it is. So let's listen to uh, what Tucker had to say about Epstein. Jeffrey Epstein did not kill himself. He was strangled. You don't want to live in a country where it's possible to murder people in federal lockup, cover up the killings, and then get away with them. That's scary. That should not be allowed in this or any other civilized place. But in the case of Jeffrey Epstein, it appears that it was allowed. And on one level, you can see why it was. This is one of those crimes that has no natural constituency pushing to solve it. The only people who liked Jeffrey Epstein were his friends, and some of them are clearly happy he's dead. Here's Bill Gates, whom records show spent quite a bit of time with Jeffrey Epstein after he became a registered sex offender. What did you do when you found out about his background? Well, it, you know, I've said I regretted having those dinners, uh, and there's nothing, absolutely nothing new on that. Is there a lesson for you, for anyone else looking looking at this? Well, he's dead, so, uh, you know, in general, you always have to be careful. Uh... Well, he's dead, along with his many secrets about me and the rest of our friends. Ooh, we're so sorry. So, so sorry. Think about that. He's your friend, and you refer to him like, well, he's dead. What were you doing friends with him in the first place if you feel that way now? And you didn't just learn that he was this jet-setting dude with a whole bunch of young women around him. So give me a break. All right, so Trump weighed in on this. Uh, this is what Trump said about Tucker Carlson. Let's take a listen to Donald Trump. He was being interviewed um, on Newsmax. Uh, Newsmax, a name I don't trust. Uh, so I don't know where I'm going to be turning to for news, but we'll see. And I, I appreciate the, uh, I, I mentioned, I made a mention yesterday that I'm, uh, probably feeling more compelled than ever to start a video channel, um, for the Scott Adams show because I, I, I hesitated to do it because, uh, it's a lot more work. You got to set, have a set design. You got to you know, have um, a producer and stuff like that. 
and you know if you want to do a good live presentation and i actually think though that there's a need for it because where are you going to turn right i mean where are you going to go for your truth i mean i like uh redacted as one of the uh youtube and rumble channels uh with uh, um it's a husband and wife duo a guy used to be with fox um, but that's a pretty good show, and there's a lot of good shows. Um, there's just a lot of good talent out there. Um, but I still think that somehow we need to make make ourselves a new media channel. And we also have to look into uh, why it's so difficult to get a license and buy yourself into the network channels. I think that there's a demand for news that should be out that is out there. And I think that there's a roadblock from the Comcasts of the world, like the YouTube TV or Comcast or, you know, all these different conglomerates to get yourself on, whether it's Viacom or whoever. But I think that uh, there are some streams and avenues, and I think things are going to be changing a lot in this area. But let's take a listen to Donald Trump. It's good to see you. My honor. So Tucker Carlson was sitting here two weeks ago interviewing you. He's gone. What do you make of that? Well, I'm shocked. I'm surprised. Uh, he's a very good person and a very good man and very talented, as you know, and he had very high ratings. So uh, we're just learning about it almost as we speak. You and I just said, wow, that was something. That's a big one. Uh, I don't know if it was voluntary or was it uh, somebody fired, but I think Tucker's been uh, terrific. He's been, especially over the last year or so, he's been terrific to me. There's a lot of turmoil over there, Fox. I mean, 787 they just paid. Why would they get rid of a guy who's performing? Why would somebody do that to their business? It's good to see you. My honor. So why would they do it? I I didn't get that answer. That that clip wasn't available to me. But uh, let's see. Let's take a listen to this. Revelation that this was incredible, that 51 intelligence agents totally lied. I think it's treason. They totally lied just before the election, right before the vote. They lied and they said that the computer, which had all crimes on it, was Russian disinformation. 51 top people. The top people in the country, they lied. I actually think it's treasonous. And by the way, that's just another way that they cheated on the election. They, sh- they cheated should, in many ways. You should revoke, would you revoke their security clearances? A lot of these people still, they're contractors, they're still intelligence professionals, and they have access to our secrets. Should they lose that? The security clearance of every one of those people should be immediately revoked. Absolutely. Yeah, that was, uh, Mike Morrell came out and admitted that. So that is just a fact, right? It's absolutely insane that this is going on in America. Let's take a listen to this clip. It's good to see you. My honor. So, talk- All right, this is, we already played that one. All right, yeah, here's, here's the clip. Sorry about that. Here, let's take a listen. Who's running the country right now? It doesn't seem to be Joe Biden. Susan Rice, I hear, just left, but, you know, there are other people. Who do you think is running the I country? I think it's a little group, a small group of people that are very smart, very radical left, probably Marxists, and they're running our country into the ground, and they're using uh, law enforcement, and they're using uh, the DOJ and the FBI as retribution, something that has never happened anywhere near what's going on right now. What they're doing 
in terms of DOJ, FBI, law enforcement to politics is nobody's ever seen anything like it. I mean, there has never been a this is Marxism. This is communism. What they're doing, if it doesn't stop. I mean, look, our country's in serious trouble anyway. But that is something and that's the way they're going to try and win the elections, by the way, because they can't win. They can't win the elections. Their policies are horrible. Nobody wants open borders. Nobody wants 15 million people, because I really believe that's the real number. By the end of this year, I believe we have will let through over a short period of time, 15 million. That's bigger than New York. 15 million people. Nobody wants these things. Nobody wants high taxes, high interest rates, high energy prices. Nobody wants that. You can't win on those issues. The only way you can win is by cheating. And what they're doing now is they're weaponizing law enforcement in order to cheat, just like they did the whole mail-in thing, and they'll continue to do that. But they're weaponizing law enforcement in order to cheat. It's frankly the only way they can win, because their policies are losers. That's what I've been saying for forever. And, you know, if you look back at all the major elections, the general elections, there's hardly been it's hardly the case in if you go back the last 50 years, you might find one or two exceptions with Reagan and Nixon, maybe. But for the most part, you'll never find a disparity uh, in the election, in the popular vote that's more than, say, 10 million. I think 3 million to 5 million is about the standard. 3 to maybe 7 million. So the the magic there's they have science behind. It. I mean, they've put people to work on this. I think that at the in the Biden administration what they've done is they've figured out the magic number and I think they've already surpassed it. And it's the magic number that says this is the number we need of ballots that we could harvest so that we can um, never lose another election. We need 10 million to beat the other team. And, you know, and, and, and the thing is, is, though, I think what, they're, what they may not be calculating correctly is how dissatisfied people are with them. And so the, to the point where, Historically, you might only need 7 million fake votes to win, to cheat, um, to make up that gap, but and to guarantee yourself a win. But because they're disliked so much, and because it's such a threat to our existence, existential threat, um, I, I actually think that they're going to need like 15 million or something. And to Trump's point, uh, they had that. So we, what we need is a federal. We need this. We need SCOTUS, the Supreme Court of the United States, to weigh in on this and pull the rug out from underneath the fraud that's been going on in the left. I think that's what has to happen, and Kerry Lake has the case to do it. Um, otherwise, you're going to have more and more catastrophic decisions from the Biden administration. Let's take a listen to this uh, financial advisor. Uh, I just cannot believe this guy Biden. 
I mean, he's a criminal. You know, his very first act, the very first day, was to cancel the Keystone XL pipeline. And I'm in the oil business also. I don't know stocks. I don't like paper. I like tangibles. So uh, the day he took the pipeline, he canceled it in some executive. This is his first day, his first move. I knew what he was up to immediately. Oil is the lifeblood of civilizations. The moment he cut that pipeline, I'm selling oil at $30 a barrel. The next day was $130 a barrel. So the good news is I'm getting extremely rich, but he's crushing the middle class. And by crushing the middle class, we we come to a two-class society, rich and poor. And that's the basis of revolution. I just can... I love that uh, point that he made. And San Francisco is a good example of that. Um, You know, Detroit was the richest city in the world in 1960. And then Democrats took it over because the automotive industry... Uh, got the Teamsters and got labor unions involved. And it was the Democrats that played with uh, alongside and alliance themselves with the labor unions and basically, you know, uh, protested and uh, ran those businesses out of business to, to where, you know, look at Detroit now and look at San Francisco look at LA LA has 69 70,000 homeless people that's bigger than many cities in the United States and they that's how many homeless they have in LA that, that I just saw that number and I was like wow that's huge let's take a listen to Bill Maher Bill Maher says Justin Trudeau sounds like Hitler and reads a direct quote of Trudeau asking if Canada should tolerate vaccine skeptics. Let's take a listen to this. He started to read what he he said. This is a couple of weeks ago. He was, or maybe this is September, but he was talking about people who are not vaccinated. He said they don't believe in science. They're often misogynistic, often racist. No, they're Mm, not. That was not smart of him at all. Right. He said, but they take up space. Mm. And with that, we have to make a choice in terms of a leader as a country do we tolerate these people? It's like, tolerate these? Now you do sound that's, like no, Hitler. That's, mm-hmm. that, that would... uh, and recently he talked about them holding, holding unacceptable views. Wow. This, I'm yeah. surprised to hear that Trudeau said those things. You didn't see the blackface? I mean, he... <laughs> he's, he's, uh, no, I'm kidding about it. I'm not... I'm not I mean, that was not a good look for him. But, uh, I, I mean, come on. I mean, that's, I think, what gets under people's skin. Well, they're they're fearless right now because they feel like they can't lose. They could say and do anything they want. And that was a recent uh, interview. That was not uh, old. That was new. That was brand new. And that was uh, Vivek Vivek Ramaswamy was on there, along with the woman you heard, which was that Williamson woman, uh, the Democrat candidate that will never hardly get past 1%. But... um, and then you have the climate hoax. Uh, I had a piece, I had some pieces on the climate hoax and COVID. Um, I want to get to, the, I want to get, I want you to hear these clips. Let's take a listen to this. This is where this anchor woman is, head's about to explode because Welcome to TR. she's, she's uh, well. interviewing this climate uh, expert. Let's take a listen. So we see climate models suggesting a possible return around the world to El Nino weather conditions. What exactly does that mean? What will that look like? 
Well, there's a very good chance that uh, global temperatures will increase somewhat this year because of El Nino. Uh, recent warming since the 1980s has been driven by El Ninos. I don't think emissions play any role at all. Over the last eight years, we've emitted 500 billion tons of emissions worth 14% of man-made CO2, and there's been no warming. Uh, what causes the warming is the El Nino. As far as we can tell, there's nothing we can do about that. El Nino is a natural phenomenon uh, caused either by uh, volcanic activity under the Pacific Ocean, possibly with some solar uh, contribution, but it's got nothing to do with emissions. So, can I just uh, stop, stop yeah. you there? Because that sounds so interesting that uh, you don't think what exactly has nothing to do with emissions, global warming or, or what exactly? Yeah, warming. The, the emissions are not warming the planet. We've just had nine years or eight years, I'm sorry, of um, 500 billion tons of emissions with no warming. That's per, you know, U.S. government data. Uh, so obviously, you know, we are told that every emission warms the planet. That is clearly not the case. What we do know warms the planet are these El Ninos. And we've had a series of them since the 1980s. The most recent one was in, tw in 2015, which is the last time we saw warming. Now, the next time we see warming could be this year, and it's going to be caused by an El Nino. It's got nothing to do with emissions. Okay, so tell us, um, if we do see El Nino uh, make a return this year, which will be the hardest hit areas? What will that mean for humans and animals? Well, it, it, it's hard to tell. I mean, we don't really, you know, it could be a major El Nino, which temperatures would go up a little bit. It's, it's really hard to predict, you know. Uh, keep in mind, last year, people were, you know, predicting this 1,200-year drought in California. Uh, they completely, you know, California and the western United States is totally out of drought uh, this year. No one predicted that. These things are hard to predict. I don't have a crystal ball. I don't predict the future. But what I can do is look in the past and see that emissions have not affected global temperature uh, for most of the last 10 years. But I don't have data on me right now, but surely there are lots of people that would uh, disagree with that, that emissions don't uh, of, impact uh, global warming. Uh, of course, because there's a whole movement that has been dedicated to spreading this myth uh, since the uh, early 1990s. And, you know, there's there's a lot of inconvenient truth out there. You know, we in your teaser to this, we saw about people complaining about, um, you know, ice in the Alps. Uh, 6,000 years ago, the Alps were ice, the Alps were ice free. You know, there are natural changes that go on, uh, have gone on throughout the Earth's history, through the history of mankind, and we're pretending that everything that is happening now is new. And in fact, it's not new. The Earth has been as warm, if not warmer, before. Um, and it goes, it's so good. Uh, I love that clip. I'm so glad I got to share it with you today. We have more for tomorrow. Uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, be sure to check out magapac.org, magapac.org, to find out how we're advancing America First policies to make America great again. Use Red State as your promo code over at MyPillow. Check out ShenYun.com. They sponsored this show. So we'll see you next time it's on right the radio. Bye, everybody. Day.